0: That's a live extra from the city ground. I'm Mikey Burrows, Andy Thompson alongside me. Matt Jarvis watched it from home. Wolves out of the League Cup at the quarter-final stage by virtue of a penalty shootout. The youngster, the 20-year-old Joe Hodge, given the responsibility to take penalty number five after Ruben Neves had missed Wolves' first kick, though that only cancelled out... A miss by Sam Surridge, who'd gone first for Forrest. Daniel Perence, Mateus Nunes and Mateus Cunha all scored. But Jack Colbach scored the vital one for Forrest. And Joe Hodge missed. And Wolves go out in a game where they'd seen Raul Jimenez level up after Willie Bolly, the former Wolves man, had given Forrest a first-half advantage. Andy Thompson, one of those nights whereby it felt like there could have been so much more. And yet... We are left here feeling with that all too familiar feeling of dejection and disappointment.
1: Yeah, so disappointment wasn't it. So, uh, especially after that first half, um, we didn't look comfortable at all. So, like, playing with that uh, three at the back, so, like, um, Totty didn't look comfortable in that central position. Kilman as well didn't look comfortable. And I just think that he he just got it wrong a little bit with the way that they played. He allowed Forrest too much time and space on the ball. Uh, Forest seemed to be dictating everything what was going on and that's where they've got to be better they've got to be better in that, second half totally changed, uh, changed the formation um, changed the the players that come out Neves come back on and they looked a lot better, they look a lot more comfortable in, in possession of the ball and also retrieving the ball as well so uh, it's fair dues to the, the manager actually seeing that but I just think that we've got to start, to, uh, start games uh, a little bit more positive and with a formation that we look comfortable in. Matt
0: Jarvis, uh, what did you make of it in the
1: end?
2: Uh, It's actually really gutting to to lose because you look at that second-half performance and it was all Wolves. It was momentum, it was confidence. Everything was just showing that it was going to be Wolves that were going to take the lead. Um, It's just that last little bit. You can see the... Like the the players, the the tempo, the aggression, like it was it was quite a feisty affair, which it was great, um, and you could see that how much like passion and determination the players had. It was just that last little bit. I think the substitutes were were really really good, uh, all when they're coming on made an impact, and it was it was a dominant second half performance. It's just disappointing that we just couldn't get it over the line uh, before the penalty shootout. out.
0: Story of the game, Wolves 65% possession, they had 10 shots to Forrest 7, uh, 5 of which were on target, Forrest only had 2 on target, 6 corners for Forrest to Wolves 4, uh, but Wolves edging 3 big chances, Raul Jimenez had one in the first half, He Chan Huang had one in the first half as well, um, Forrest did hit the inside of the post though, that came off Nelson Semedo's knee, which was nearly a calamitous way to have. Gone back behind in the second half. Uh, Wolves 85 percent pass success to 72 percent for Forest. Um, there were some really good moments, uh, but the question I'm going to ask both of you uh, revolves around the formations, really, because Wolves started with a back five. They switched to a four four two. They ended up four three three. Are we any closer to knowing, Tomo, what's the best way for us to play?
1: Well, I'm watching the, the game of two halves there and the first half, we looked anything but comfortable in and out of possession. I thought that we struggled a lot with it. Um, we were having that extra pass and and the, and the tempo was slow across the back. That was the key point, and It allowed Forrest just to group and get the players behind the ball, was able to win the, a lot of the possession. Uh, it nullified the, the Wolves going forward as such. Uh, never really offered that a great deal until later on, as you just talked about, uh, with a couple of efforts from Guedes um, and Jimenez. But, but we looked anything but comfortable in possession of the ball. So look, we were looking to find targets and players and movement. Um, and then all of a sudden, he makes a change. He makes a change to half-time, br- brings Neves on, changes the formation, and it looked totally different. They look more comfortable, they look more positive. They looked like they knew what they were doing a little bit more. They looked like they understood the way that they were playing, what they needed to do to hurt Forrest, and they had a lot of possession with it. I just think that it's, it, it's took him a half to to figure that out. He must have thought that the three at the back must have been effective, but it was anything but.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, Matt Jarvis can come in on this. How much of it was the formation didn't work, Jarvo, or or do we put the blame on players not, doing what the manager or the head coach was asking them to do?
2: I would say probably a little bit of both. Um, I think, you know, players, they, they like to blame formations a little bit. They just feel a little bit uncomfortable in, in different areas or what they're asked to do. But ultimately, the, the change at halftime with Neves coming on, but even the other subs, I mean, Akunda was, was, was brilliant when he came on, set up the first for Jimenez. He looks really silky, great touch. Good movement. It just uh, looks like a real good teammate to have, even at the end with his penalty. Gets the Wolves fans on on side a little bit um, as well. I just, I liked him. I think he he, he can influence games a lot and he looks sharp. Um, and it, formations are great and we can go on about it. I, I like four at the back rather than the five for, for Wolves. I, you can twist them. Change the the whether it's a, f- a four in the mid or if it's three and a three, but ultimately it just gives the option to attack more and keep keep the ball in in, in further up the pitch more you you seen when you get a five, you, you seem to keep possession of the ball great, but it's all in your own half. It's very hard to start going through the lines and, and, and moving up, up the pitch into the final third. And I think it showed second half a bit more determination and, and directness to get it forward as well, which, which helps.
1: Yes, I, I totally agree. I, I, I just think that we looked a lot more comfortable in that back four. I'm, I'm saying, look, I'm surprised that he just changes it around. Because the games that I've seen, we haven't done great in the, in the three at the back. I think that we've looked more comfortable. And I know it's, we're going totally against what we've played before. But we do look better in the in in four. We looked Even Totty looked a little bit, even though there's one less of it, he knew what he had to do. He knows what the decision he's mm. got to do. And he knows he's got a mark. And, and he knows that, uh, how to play the position a lot better. He looked so uncomfortable in that first half with his touches, his passing. Um, but what a change at half-time. It made a massive difference. We haven't
0: played four four two uh probably since the days of Dicko and Afobi yep. as a front two, yep. and then you go back to Jarvo's time before that. Um, Jarvo, you mentioned the impact of Mateus Cunier. They have to get him in the team, don't they?
2: For me, yes. I, I think he's he's just what Wolves need in the sense that He's got that great bit of touch link up play. So he can he he can influence the the in in the pockets. He can go from midfield to striker. He's been able to show from the assist that he's gone from Jimenez tonight that he can run the channel. He can run into them areas where you're creating space for others to run into. And he's just got that little bit of touch of class. Everything he does is like the touch is just pinpoint the, the, the pass is crisp it's it's struck really well nothing's sort of like bobbled in and he's you know he, he's everything's under control and he looks composed. I think he's got to got to get in the team. Um and it's just then about building around him to set him an opportunity to to score a goal.
0: Do you play him Tomo, O as as the one, the central one? Um or do you play him as a two? And, and then who are you playing him with?
1: Well, for me, so like um, I would play him with Jimenez and probably him just a little bit deeper because you can see he looks very good at running with the ball. He, he seems to be able to run beyond plays. He's a bit like Matthias with the way that he moves with the ball. He seems very comfortable doing that. He seems intelligent. We've seen the two assists that he's got involved in as well for the two games. Um and he looks like a quality player straight from the off. So, like, you can see that he's confident in his own ability. He knows what he needs to do. We've seen about the quality that he can offer in that top third. something that we have been missing. Um, but, again, so, like, bringing him on made a big difference. I think the, the subs were a, a big change for the club. So, look, like, you just look at that. A little bit disappointed with Traore because I thought that he could have done more. Mm. I think that sometimes... I know, I know people were doubling up against him. But I just think he took that much time to get control of the ball to actually get it set up. As soon as he's done that, and all the time that he's taken, they've they've doubled up on him. And I just think that the players out there, Kuna, was, he's going to be a good player. And, and again, for me, I'd start him the weekend.
0: Um, that's the positives. Uh, let's talk about the uh, elephant in the room: negative Matt Jarvis. What have Wolves got to do to start getting some decisions? from officials, because there was a huge <laughs> moment in this game, Mateus Nunes, now it, you could argue it's relatively soft, but he gets in front of his marker, who stands on his heel, so much so that his boot comes off. That's a foul, isn't it? <laughs> am, I, am, I, <laughs> am I missing else. something here? Yeah.
2: Anywhere else on the pitch, that that is given as a foul. Just for pure fact, even if you didn't see the the incident or he didn't see the contact you can actually see the boot has come off so he's got to have had contact he didn't stand on it himself um, so it, it it is a foul it's a very soft foul to give away but it, it's a foul nonetheless so yeah I'm, 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 I'm totally with you I don't know what they have to do it's um, big big decisions which change games and seasons
1: but the thing is, though, as well, these officials are getting them wrong a lot of the time. You look at the games that we're having, that consistency we talk about. Anywhere else on the pitch, as Jovas just took us on there. Anywhere else on the pitch, that's a foul. That's a foul. In c- the referee saying he hasn't caught him. Well, obviously, in the state of his boots? Yeah, uh, and, th- and that's the
0: thing. Like you know, you can make an ar- you can make a case and an argument that on Saturday at Anfield. The officials made a bona fide mistake. They, you know, there was a lot of bodies in the penalty area. You can't tell. Nobody's actually, I think, clarified yet exactly who was offside. But the flag went up, and then they couldn't find evidence to uh, to overturn it. And and in some respects, I can understand that because they've met, the decision on the field was offside, and they have to find the clear and. Con- Conclusive evidence to say that he has to overturn it. I know you're going to get oh. the other side of that, but I'm saying that I can see okay. why that's happened. But tonight, as Tomo makes the point, how does his boot come off? Ripped boot if he is not fouled if he's not stood on his boot and how do the officials java you've played the game more recently than tomo has and obviously i've never played it on this thing yes. i don't understand what goes on in terms of conversations and and how officials because surely the assistant if the referee can't see it, it can they've got to talk to each other and say well how's his boot come off i was gonna I say know,
2: but both both of them would have seen that the boot the boot has come off. So, the, the, talking wise, you can see like Neves picks the boot up and shows in the, the boot. You know how you, there's no nothing more obvious than that. Um, and I, I he's obviously not giving it. And then he's trying to think of reasons why he's not giving it. And you know to to say that the or whatever, I, I don't know what what he's come out and said. But if there's no contact, well, surely just from looking at the boot. And seeing that it's ripped and it's off um, Matthias' foot, surely means that there's been contact. So that is a, a mistake.
1: Yeah, well, it's a clear mistake for me again. So, look, it's I, I don't understand the, what these officials are doing. There's, these are experienced referees. It isn't if it's a referee that mm. hardly done any game. It's an experienced referee who's making decisions. And I'm not just saying about him. I'm saying across the board here, there's a lot of bad decisions going on at the moment. And like say, we VAR supposed to be there to help. And you're going back to the Liverpool game. That's a Champions League side who has Champions League fixtures there. How can they not have enough cameras at the game? I don't get it. I don't get it. We c- we c- we've got a camera that can prove that he might have been offside, but we haven't got a camera that can prove that he's not offside.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a, a different point in terms of different broadcasters, and they've zoomed in a bit too much on the cameras they did have. I know Tomo is waving his arms up at me, Jarvo, frustrated. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving you the opposite side of the answer to the point from in there. I mean, I, I don't know about you two. I feel like it is time now. I think that there is a strong enough case that we should be allowed to hear what yep. the officials are saying to each other. And that can then be relayed to people because we still don't know who they flagged offside on Saturday, and we don't know what the conversation they've just had there in terms of how they think Mateus's boot came off. Oh, they oh, sh- and, and, they, and, and maybe they should be made to come out, the referee should come out and do a post
1: match interview. But how, how can. The referee say there's been no contact because that's what he has. He's basically saying there's no contact because well, he's, uh, he's
0: either that or he's saying that there was contact but he
1: didn't think it was a, a foul. In which case, how is that possible? Well, they are, and he are anywhere else on the pitch that's a foul. Say so, and he's and he's gone re- through. We've seen the replay. He's come through the back of him. He's come through the back of him. he's stood well, he on. He stood. He stood on his. He stood, stood on his boot. So like, how is that not a foul? There's contact in there. You can see that there's a contact with his boot. Like you say, so he's not diving. Like. But we've seen players out on the pitch tonight who's got, like, a 6.9 dive ratio on it when he's doing it. So, like, he's launching himself forward. The one did. The actual one lad threw himself forward because he knew his contact was in it. And the referee's, what, 5, 10 yards away from him and still gives a free kick. How can he say that? That's a free kick. And there's actually contact with a ripped boot mm. not to have a, give a fell.
2: But because like, no, so, it's, out, it's outside the box. It's not in the box. So, it's but, an easy decision to make. No one questions it. But when it's, when it's um, in the box... And there's a big decision to, to do. He, he, he's not made it.
1: But surely, I'll say, surely, so if there's any contact anywhere on the pitch, it's a foul, no matter where totally, you are. I
2: totally agree. Yeah, totally, totally
1: agree. So you can't just be having, okay, hang on a minute, you've got to basically assault him in the penalty area, so like to get a, yeah. a penalty. <laughs> but anywhere else, if you touch him, uh, breathe on him, or anything else, we've given a free kick. So there shouldn't be. Uh, a zone in there, that penalty area, where the zone is, OK, there's got to be something really bad for you to get the penalty. It shouldn't be like that. It should be exactly the same all over the pitch, but unfortunately, it's not.
0: I say, I, I, I feel like we're in that position now whereby, you know, if Matt, if Matt Jarvis makes a mistake and his team loses and the broadcasters request him, Jarvis has to go in front of them and do an interview and They're untouchable referees officials are untouchable it's, well, yeah. it's not fair and it, it's getting to that point or it's got to that point and we're beyond it whereby we should be able to put them up in front of an interview and and ask for an explanation and have an expert because we are there's far too many games where
1: we are left scratching our heads saying i don't understand what happened there well, well i don't think they do that's that's a problem because you're looking at that uh, and the decisions want to be made and again and i'm still going to say that it's the VAR is a great piece of technology, but it still comes down to somebody's opinion in front of a screen. It's still that somebody's opinion. And, and that's the problem that we've got. We've still, we still haven't got rid of that uh, human mistake. We've still got a human decision to be made. And it's coming from not the referee. It's coming from somebody sitting in front of a screen who's got uh, an opinion about if it's a foul or not, or a free kick or whatever. That is the problem that we've got. We've got nothing. Like us say if, if the ball's gone out of play or the ball goes over the line, it's either in or out. Mm-hmm. We know that. There's a, too much of a grey area with this VAR, with the referees' decisions, and with the VAR person who's doing it. That it's it's a good enough. It's a good enough. It, w- the irony, the
0: irony though, if there was VAR tonight, it probably tells him he needs to go and look at that, and we
1: get the penalty. But why call the bloke who's just saying, "Hang on a minute, it's a penalty." The bloke, if, he, if I'm sitting in front of the screen watching replay after replay after replay and I watch it, all I've got to say to him, it's a penalty. That's it. What have, why have we got to send a referee to go and look at well it yeah, the but screen? the refi- I mean, They're too yeah. scared to have a ruler. Well, yeah, that, that's, rule. that, that's another point
0: for another time. But, but the, my point is is that if there's VAR tonight, that's probably overturned and we get a penalty. And and that's the 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 crazy irony of it um let's just finish on a a point about joe hodge matt jarvis because uh, obviously the the headline is that hodge missed and wolves went out but for a 20 year old in his ninth senior career game to get number five now i understand you know they put ruben neves at first who in theory is kind of your best main penalty taker on there and and even he missed so you know as tomo can tell you it's hard in a shootout you can you can be one of the best penalty takers people have ever it's seen It's a long night. walk
1: from that halfway line.
0: Yeah, and and I, I say that genuinely, not taking the mick out of him for no, once. No, no, no. Like, because like, anybody can miss in a shootout. Yeah,
1: exactly. And let's say, there's a, all of a sudden you've got pressure walking all the way from that halfway line. He's a young young lad just uh, coming into the game. He's got to walk all the length of that. You've got all the fans going on. You've got a keeper who's trying to put you off. It's a lot of things to think about by the time you get there. That's the problem. Where you've got a penalty usually before, so usually there's a lot of people around the penalty area. There's usually what well, it's taken within a couple of minutes, but that's the problem. What you got? It's a long walk with things running through your head. Where do I put it? Do I strike it? Do I place it? Which way are the keeper going? Everything will be running through his head. Now, and I said to you, I'm very before even taking it. I'm surprised that he's taken it and not an experienced player with the pressure that he would have had from that.
2: It takes a lot of a lot, a lot of bottle, um, a lot of, you know, positive he's obviously asked to take it as well, so he's confident about it. It's it's just unfortunate. Unfortunate you know, you as like you said, Never's taking the first one, you you gamble on him to score and he doesn't it's 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 pot luck when it comes to penalty shootout and he, he can take no you know, no one's gonna hold him against anything. He's a he's a fantastic kid. He's just starting out, it's not his fault at all. He's taken a, a lot of pride to go out and take that shot and, and try and get the team back, back all square in the in the shootout. So he, he'll have to just, you know, learn from that and, and go again. He, it's 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 just one of them things you can take enormous pride for going out there and, and trying to trying to score your penalty, but ultimately it, it just wasn't to be tonight. I think the second half performance deserved it. I think. It, it, miles better than, than Nottingham non forest the second half um and the chances created and the dominant possession and the like counter pressing i think win winning the ball back especially in the second half was 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 fantastic from wolves um so lots of positives to go on to you know the the next big game uh, and 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 the replay against Liverpool, but just extremely disappointing to to go out on ultimately a decision and a penalty shootout.
0: Yeah, they've got to. I mean, they've got to take their frustration out on West Ham on Saturday, haven't they? Now, Jarvo.
2: Exactly. Uh, but the thing is, that it, you can you can take from the performance. Because the performance second half was really good. You know, you can see that the team's improving. You can see the personnel's getting used to the system and the way that the manager wants to play. Uh, he's tweaked He tweaks the system, and players are able to just chop and change in the second half of how how they want to play, and it's fluid. And you've got some, uh, you know, really good players. So it, it, it's a, it's a it's a step in the right direction. Performance levels, uh, and it's just a huge game at the weekend. Um, uh, and you know that that can be the start of a of a really good momentum builder.
1: Yeah, i say, look, um, you, you've got to get over this very quickly now. So, look, like, you've got to start to think about West Ham at the weekend. You've got to think about the Premier League now uh, and on to the next game. And and that's what it's all about in football. So you've got to get rid of the bad ones straight away or as good as you can and just get on to it. What they will be confident about is the way that they did the second half. I think that the players that uh, finished the game, and, uh, and I've said this before, I, I think that should be possibly near enough... Mo- is it between Traore and Wang? Maybe that should be what should finish uh, or start the game against West Ham, because we have seen out there they looked loads more comfortable. Forest, I think, we struggled to compete with them in the second half. I thought that they just uh, they just needed that cutting edge, and the one time that we did use that cutting edge was what we got the goal from, and that's what that that's what they've got to work and improve on is that cutting edge, because we've got players out there who can do it. It's just a ma- It's just making sure that we can, well, f- do it again. We need to make mm. sure that we're doing it again on a regular basis. And that's the thing for me.
0: Well, that's the thing about football. The games can thicken fast. And we are back at Molyneux on Saturday afternoon. Matt Jarvis, thank you very much indeed. Andy Thompson, thank you for your company as ever. Wolves League Cup journey. The longest we've been in the contest since 1996, when a certain Andy Thompson was still running round in shorts. Unfortunately, still we could
1: <laughs>
0: still running round in
1: shorts, right? <laughs> I, I use the term
0: "running round" very, very loosely. Or well, slower, though. Slower. Now. Fortunately, um, well, unfortunately, those shorts weren't that loose either <laughs> uh, back in those days in the mid 90s. Um, but you know, there are better times to come. You have to keep believing that we've been through so many emotional moments over the last couple of years, an FA Cup semi-final heartbreak, a Europa League quarterfinal heartbreak. But given where we came from just about 10 years ago or so, to be back and in being involved in these kind of matches and getting the King John Richards onto the programme with us beforehand to talk about those glory days, just to even sense that there is an opportunity to bring glory days back is something to grab hold of something to be celebrated and now the big test comes this weekend to try and get three points and ensure survival. We'll be there for you, Match Day Live Extra, back on Saturday afternoon.